Zardoz speaks to you, his chosen ones. Okay, welcome back to the watch list with Patty and Ben. I'm, I'm going to blow through this opening because I'm dying to talk about this shitty, <laughs> shitty movie. Welcome back to the watch list with Patty and Bill. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com to check out all of our back episodes and engage with me and Patty on social media at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. And oh my God. <laughs> that was so. Now I have to I have to explain this though. You well, text. I need to exp- yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. 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 You go. No. You go ahead. Explain to me why okay. did, did this start? So this started when a friend of mine on Facebook shared a meme of Sean Connery from this film that was really just the goofiest picture I've ever seen. And then um, I needed to know what movie it was in, but he also needed to know, and he found out. And then we've both discovered that you could totally rent this for just like $4 on Amazon Prime. I'm like, well, I need to see this. And I think it'd be great to talk about it on the show. So, Bill, you need to see this too. So let's do it. <laughs> so the meme that she sends me pictures a, a younger Sean Connery. And the movie she's talking about is called Zardoz. Zardoz, yes. Z- <laughs> That's how they say it. I know. Zardoz. Zardoz. <laughs> and if you could imagine that that little stringy bikini that Borat wore, oh yes. it's kind of similar to that. But in the picture, I couldn't tell that what he was wearing was a bandolier of bullets. I thought that that was somehow tied to the bottom. But he's wearing uh, this sort of like a swim trunky thing, and almost Sean like Con- a loincloth, but not quite. Right, it's like a loinclothy underwear, mm-hmm. and he's and he's also got on two bandoliers, each one with like shotgun shell bullets. But it all is the same color, so it looks like a Borat-y kind of, yeah, kind of onesie. Yeah, and then thigh high boots. Just <laughs> oh my god, and and so you know what, and I and. Patty, I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll just, I'll, it's $4. What am yeah. I going to do? I've heard about this movie for for years, and it came out. Oh, okay. You've heard of, I've never heard of this movie before. You've never heard of Zardoz before? No, never. never. See, I'm the I'm the movie geek, but I've, I've, I've avoided this movie because I once saw the trailer for this movie. <laughs> and if you ever watch the trailer for oh Zardoz, it's... Crazy fucking terrible <laughs> we will put a link to this trailer both on our website and in our bio on instagram yes we will because i want to share the pain <laughs> so before we really kind of dive in mm-hmm. we have friends and one of them is named colleen shout out colleen and shout out matt they're gonna get married soon by the way oh. uh and I I frequently engage her to watch older movies, oh. which she calls blurry. You've heard me talk about yes, the blurry movies. These blurry movies, right? 
and how she thinks they're kind of unwatchable because, for no other better reason, they're old. Okay. <sighs> and <laughs> this is one of those times where she's right. And I and I can't stand it. And and this movie came out in 1974. By the way, it's a it's a kind of science fictiony movie. Um, the 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 poster or the tagline for within the trailer and on the poster is beyond 1984, beyond 2001, beyond love, beyond death. They used to do that on posters, by the way. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you if you ever okay, so if you ever look at a a, a movie poster from the '60s and the '70s, they went all out on the verbiage mm-hmm. on the poster to grab you. And it was a lot a lot of times because you know trailers were you know they were what they were. You sold it based on the poster and the art and all that. Oh my God! Was this movie terrible? Oh, it was so awful. So I oh my God! And then I'm and I'm into it. And I don't know about you, but this okay. First of all, the movie feels like it's five fucking hours long. Oh and it's Jesus! Actually, yeah, and and it's actually only um like, like an hour and forty minutes. minutes. Yeah, it's an hour and forty six minutes according one hour to and forty six minutes. Up. Yeah. So seven hours later, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, will this ever end? And I sit here thinking, it's it, it's it's bad, but it has ideas. Yeah, like it's trying to tell me something and have some sort of message, but I don't care enough to figure it out. And I and I and and I'm sitting here trying. My best. I am trying my movie geekdom best to find something salvageable in this, <laughs> and the and and the only thing salvageable in this is the fact that you should watch it, fucked up out of your mind, so that you can just laugh at it. Yes, yes, oh. that is, and yes, I, I would agree. <laughs> the first five minutes alone oh are God. so laughable. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, yes. It starts off with this floating head <laughs> that that's ping ponging, kind of like a pong sort of thing across your screen. Hi, I'm the narrator of this, and and he and he's just <laughs> and he's coming at you at the same time. So he's ping ponging and he's describing this shit, and then you then you dissolve into this countryside. With a whole bunch of other Borati dressed kind of guys on horses, as they watch a floating stone head come out of the sky, who is Zardoz. The stone head looks totally different from the the first narrator floating head. Yes, just so people yes, it know, does. it's not like a stone version of that first human person head. Totally different. Okay. And the, and the Borati guys are all wearing like masks that look like that stone head. Yes. Yes, they are. So they're acolytes of this stone head. Uh, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden you see, okay, oh, God, I can't even. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I read a little bit more about this movie. Okay. I didn't quite get that far. Because I didn't care enough. Because I just <laughs> want it to go away. <laughs> well, I was trying to find out why Sean Connery did this fucking piece of shit. Oh, well, there's that, yes. 
He did it. Okay, first of all, this movie came out in 1974. Mm-hmm. So 1974 literally had the best picture of the year, which was Godfather 2, okay. and Zardoz, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> he did it because he had just ended his run as James Bond. Okay, so he's trying to brand himself as something other than a Bond figure. Yes, and and so okay i get that and in this movie somewhere in its dna is a story and and i was trying to think all right what is this movie reminding me of what is this movie reminding me of? it reminds me of logan's run okay i see that yes uh it also reminds me of planet of the apes oh yes yes because Planet of the Apes was late 60s, early 70s as well, people. So there's that DNA in there as well. And there was one other movie that that I was trying to think of that would have been an influence on it at the time. Well, Logan's Run came out in 76. Just, oh, did it really? Just to throw that out there, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, okay. no. Maybe Logan's Run was... Um, Inspired in some way by maybe Zardoz. Zardoz. I don't know how that could be, but yeah. But you know what movie was inspired by Zardoz? Oh, the Vin Diesel movie, The Chronicles of Riddick. Real? What? No. Yes. Oh my God. That's yes. Hysterical. Did you ever see The Chronicles of Riddick? Oh, I've seen all of the Riddick, the the black. Uh, pitch black movies. Pitch black movies. Yes, I've seen okay, all the, the Riddick movies. Yes. So the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's fighting uh, uh, the death uh, people. The the, uh, the necromongers. Yeah. Yes. The, death the necromongers. People. Yes. Okay. Now go back in your memory banks. What did they fly down in? Oh my God! They did, didn't they? Yeah. And what kind of mask was the dude wearing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. what I'm trying to describe now to I get you. It. Is, yeah, yeah is in the Chronicles oh. of Riddick, all, all of these bad spaceships come down and the spaceships are of uh, three or four-headed people that look very, very, very similar to Zardoz. Yeah. And the head bad guy in that movie, the head necromonger bad guy against Vin Diesel, he's wearing one of those masks also. And it's very, very reminiscent of the masks that the horsey people were wearing in Zardoz. Mm. So I also come to find out that John Borman, who directed this movie, basically lived in Ireland, and that's where the the entirety of this movie was shot. So he just wanted to film a movie in his backyard. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's and, and for no stupid reason whatsoever, Charlotte Rampling as what's-her-face, she's about to kill Zardoz, and he says, you can't do it. I know you can't. No, you're right, I can't. Oh, my God, it's such bad acting. Yeah. Charlotte Rampling was in Broadchurch, if you didn't realize that. Yes. Charlotte Rampling has has been an actress. She's been in a ton of shit, but that was the first thing down the list as I was looking that I recognized. Oh my god. That I know well, I have been... seen. That I know I have seen. And if I'm correct, it's a lot of French cinema. 
because she is, and and she's been in quite the ovieux of film, of prestige. Yes, Melancholia Assassin. She was also in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. She's been an actor's got to act, kinds yo. Of things, yeah. Paycheck's a paycheck. Yeah. But oh my god, I I I oh. Wikipedia has a quote from the Chicago Reader review back in, uh, they say it was retrieved in April 2020. I don't know when this review actually came out. And it doesn't uh. say who reviewed it. Just there's a quote here. John Borman's most underrated film, an impossibly ambitious and pretentious, but also highly inventive, provocative, and visually striking sci-fi adventure with metaphysical trimmings. That is oh, far too nice for fuck this movie. The, fuck the reader. Honestly. I mean, far too okay. nice. Oh, it, Ebert and, gave it two and a half stars. He did. Yeah. And and, and it actually got forty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I for how. this piece of shit, and and it's because there is there there is enough in this movie to say I could see what they were trying to do. I knew they were trying to do something, but I didn't. I just didn't want to analyze it enough. I just that means I had to pay more attention, and I just couldn't. So, and so I was starting to think of a phrase for this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's it is a bad movie that is awfully executed. Yeah, yeah, I yes, I agree with that. So it's a movie that yeah, all right with some massaging and maybe some editing could have been okay as a sci-fi dystopian movie. Yeah. But it's awfully executed. Oh, very much so. And this made me, watching this made me start thinking, why? Why in like the 70s, 80s, maybe even even into the 90s and probably before, why do all these costumers feel that people in a future utopia or even dystopian future why do they always wear tunics that look like uniforms or have this flowy robe type of dress on why why is that why can't people in the future dress like almost now normal clothing uh, I mean, they're either a uniform with a tunic or yeah. that flowy stuff. Almost Greek kind yeah, of. Yeah, almost like Greek kind of, yeah, toga type thing. I would venture to guess two reasons. Okay. One, Star Trek. The original Star Trek had those tunics. Well, that's even then. Why, why are they wearing a uniform type tunic? I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but I see I w- Star Trek uniform, yes, but yes, yeah. But but I would think that the second reason is I think somewhere in someone's fucked up idea of what the future would be as an advanced sort of thing that they hearken all the way back to the learned people in Greece in what did he what did he what did he BC for this type of for this particular one, yes, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, yeah. It is a it is a bad movie, ho- awfully executed. Yes, and, and I would violent dare... in that nineteen seventy four kind of way. Yeah, I mean, there's fakey blood. And, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. 
it's it's cheesily done, but it was 1974. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you have to forgive it its blurriness. Thank you, Colleen. You have mm-hmm. to forgive it its blurriness. <laughs> and it, I think, though, two things. It was before its time. Definitely. I think if you did Zardoz in a Zardoz, I fucking hate that movie. Um, if you did that movie now, it would not be a movie. It would be a mini series. It would have to be, yeah. And two, it would make a way better book. Oh yeah. yeah. So reverse it instead of making a a book into a movie. Make this movie into a book. And then maybe when you can explore those backstories and get into character development and make it not seem so cheesy, then you can do it. Because mm-hmm. there's supposedly this twist in the movie, which I will not give away, which I will leave for all of you to discover yes. on your on your merry, yes. merry own, <laughs> uh, of the secret of this whole movie which is lame, but, oh, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, and you know who shot this movie? No. So the, first of all, the movie is written, produced, and directed by John Borman. Mm-hmm. But it is beautifully shot. And when I say shot, I mean like the cinematography. Same cinematographer who did the, the original Superman movies, Jeffrey oh, Unsworth. okay. The camera work in it is actually pretty spectacular. So I was I was kind of geeking out on that. But it it oh my god. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. But watch it because it is so bad. <laughs> and and I would say even have a drink or seven before watching this. <laughs> drink or seven. <laughs> Zardoz for being almost 50 years old. Oh, wow. Um, Is it worth your time? If you've got nothing else better to do with $4, two hours of your time, and you want to have some fun, you know, with a whole bunch of people watching the same shitty movie like we did and talking about it and and having fun that way, absolutely, by all means, do it. If you're actually looking for real cinema and you're looking for something really, really, really good to watch, no. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. That was awful. So thanks, Patty. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You know, anytime oh. I can help out. Although that was, Although I do have to say it was fun, though having you select a movie for us to watch and talk about based on a meme yes yes (laughs) that was fun and it actually got me to see something of sean connery's that was in my memory banks but i had never seen good i'm glad i helped with that part at least yeah (laughs) my brain died watching this movie. oh jeez my rotting carcass is actually recording this podcast because my brain is is gone oh Oh. oh my god, that was so oh. terrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. All right. So I did watch I yeah, I did watch oh god, was it bad? I did watch <laughs> one other thing though. I watched two other things and then my international show. International right, so show. 
Yeah. All right. So what else did you watch? I watched uh, on Netflix a movie called Fear Street, 1994. (laughs) Fear Street, part one. Pardon me. It's Fear Street, part one, 1994. Oddly specific. Yes, I know. It's based on a a book series of the same name written by R.L. Stein who did those oh. Goosebumps books, if, for those yeah. who recall. This is on Netflix. It was released on July the 2nd. It just came out. Wow. And it is the first installment of this Fear Street trilogy. There will be two more. Uh, part two is slated to come out on Netflix July the 9th. Okay. So this the movie opens with a murder of a bookstore employee by her friend who had previously shown no inclination of being a killer of any kind and you see this big mall from the 90s the 90s mall with all the 90s mall type of things auntie ann's pretzels and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that you may remember from mall land she works in the b dalton bookstore b dalton bookstore (laughs) And then it cuts to uh, people who, uh, there's this town called Sunnyvale. Next to it is Shadyside. And apparently these are in Ohio. And there's been this like serial killing for years and years going way back, back far beyond the 60s and stuff. Where some random person just crazily goes nuts and starts killing people. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a slasher film, and it's got this backstory of some witch from Shady Side who cursed the town, and she comes back every so often and possesses someone to murder people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's really the crux of it, without giving a whole lot away and just talking about the whole entire damn thing. I don't know. I never read the books. I didn't even know it was about based on books until I just now read this. Um, so I have no idea if it follows the book closely or not, or if it mushes all the books together. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it was fun. I have not seen a slasher film in a very long time, like a brand new one that was actually one that I kept watching. It's right. very. It does a lot to put in those trappings of 1994. The soundtrack. Uh, it, it's playing all those popular 90s songs. But in like most movies, you hear the song for a while through a whole scene. Well, this kept cutting o- different songs over and over through the same one scene. Like you see somebody walking into school. It's playing one song. They look at somebody. It plays another song. They look at somebody else. It plays another. Like they tried to get as many 90s songs into this one movie as they possibly could. As, as sort of like a window dressing sort of? It, that's how it felt, yes. Although uh, the songs are great. I love these songs. I'm like, oh, man, I haven't heard this song in a long time. Oh, yeah, that song. Cool. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's almost distracting because they cut, jump into different songs within that same entering school kind of scene and walking around the mall scene. But seeing an actual mall where people are there and the stores are all open... Yeah. <laughs> it was a whole new thing. Oh my I was God. like, oh, let's go to the mall. It reminds yeah. me of Water Tower Place so oh, much. Gosh, yeah. Used to work there. Anyway. Nice. 
what was it called again? It is called Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Okay. And Part 2, I, it's, it, it does give you a, a quick um, blip in the Part 2 of mm. where, where that's going to go. Um, part 2 is Fear Street Part 2, 1978. Mm. And that will be followed by Fear Street Part 3. 1666. Interesting. They go back yeah, in time. Yeah, to where though. the yeah the, this one's going back in time, and that's I'm thinking 19, uh, the 1666 is we learn about the witch and the witch of Shady Vale or Shady Side. Sunny, that's cool. Sunny Vale, Shady Side. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and so we learn about the witch. At, I'm guessing, and her beginnings and whatnot. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so, it's a fun, it's a fun slasher film. If you want to watch some scary thing, this is probably not scary enough for you, but it's a, it's a nice slasher film to watch. Yeah, it was entertaining. It is, it, it did exactly what it was meant to do. It entertained me. I was entertained. Awesome. Yeah. So, keeping with a sort of '90s theme. Mm-hmm. I watched also on Netflix uh, episode one of a show called This Is Pop. Ah, okay. And it's and the overview of the show is uncover the real stories behind your favorite pop songs mm-hmm. as this docu-series charts the impact of the festival scene, auto-tune, boy bands, and more. Oh, fun. So the episode that I watched was called The Boys to Men Effect. Oh. So each episode is is 44 minutes long, exactly. And I'm looking at the page right now. Each episode is 44 minutes. Hmm. Uh, and And it goes over a different aspect of the music business and what influences it had. And and this one was about how boys to men actually influenced many of the boy bands that you saw in the 90s and in the 2000s and how they died off and all this other sort of and all this other sort of stuff and what influenced boys to men going back to the 80s and even before that so it it was actually very interesting to see because of the popularity of boys to men the music industry then put forth white boy bands to because and i have always contended this too when new edition came out remember new edition oh yes i remember them you know new edition beget boys to men yes boys to men beget in sync backstreet boys 98 degrees and all of those to make a similar sound more palatable to suburban parents. Oh, okay. And they even say this, too, in the series, because Boys to Men was actually sort of put together by Michael Bivens, who was one of the members of New Edition. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what suburban parent back then was going to have, you know, four black guys on the wall of their white teenage daughter. Yeah. But when you have Nick Lachey or when you have a Justin Timberlake on your wall, it's far better for a similar sound. Or even Donnie Wahlberg and 
Exactly. Even the NK and, and the NKOTB thing. So yeah. Yeah. it's very, very interesting. And that there and that boys to men also rose on the chart because of their clean cut image, how mm-hmm. they were all dressed very similarly. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a bad boy of the group like New Edition had Bobby Brown or mm-hmm. NKOTB had Donnie Wahlberg, you know. It, yeah. It's fascinating. And this series in eight episodes, there are eight episodes of this. They delve into a different aspect of the music of the music business. Mm. Um, one of those is how auto tune helps artists. Um, mm. There's Brit pop. There's uh, an episode where country goes pop. So it's it's vi- and then music festivals and so forth. It's a very interesting series. Mm. And even though they're forty four minutes long. And not in a bad way. They feel longer than that. So you feel like you're being a little bit more informed. Mm-hmm. And it's called This Is Pop on Netflix. One season. And Check it out. It's pretty cool. Okay. So the other thing I watched is on Amazon Prime. And it's called The Tomorrow War. You watch that? I oh. watch that. Yes. Do okay. In your review, please do not give away any spoilers. We're going to watch will not. that tonight. Uh, no spoilers. It was released on July twenty or July second of this year, just a couple days ago, on Amazon Prime. It stars Chris Pratt, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, Ivan Strahovski, who you may recognize if you're into The Handmaid's Tale as Serena Waterford, and Betty Gilpin. And and Chuck, Ivan Strahovski was on Chuck. Oh, I've, I'd never watched Chuck, so I didn't notice. You've never watched Chuck? I have never watched Chuck. <gasps> oh, Chuck is such a good show. Anyway, okay. Mm, anyway, no, so the plot of The Tomorrow War is it's December 2022. Chris Pratt is a biology teacher and former Green Beret. And he's at a Christmas party. He's trying to get some big research center job. And they sit down to watch the World Cup at this party. And suddenly this big vortex opens as the one player is running to make this. I guess it's the final goal. It's a big pivotal moment in the World Cup. And these soldiers arrive. And they say we're from 30 years in the future. Humanity is about to become extinct. We need your help. Okay. So it's 30 years in the future, 2051, and they need people to come help them fight these aliens that came out of nowhere. And everybody get, people get recruited based on certain criteria. And our guy, Chris Pratt, obviously gets recruited to go fight these things. And that's essentially what the movie's about. J.K. Simmons is his dad, and he's got a pretty fun part. He is really kind of fun in this movie. Okay. And I don't want to give anything else away, but it yeah, is. Yeah, please Yeah, don't. this is, you know, because it just released. It is a lot of fun. It's very entertaining. It is your usual sci-fi travel to the future thing, paradoxes, who knows what's going to happen. It's really fun. And they show some. Oh, that's of, good. Like the world, because these things are around the world, and these. Uh, so everybody from globally is being um, recruited to go to the future to fight these things, because they're around the world. These things have invaded the entire planet, hence the human race being on the brink of extinction. 
Well, it sounds good. So I was it trying to really get Laura fun. to watch it last night. It is a lot of fun. It's definitely worth watching. That's cool. We're going to watch that this weekend. Um, okay. Because poor little Chewy, our dog Chewy, oh, no. got, got really, really spooked by some fireworks oh. last night. Like to the point where he actually didn't really want to go out today to go do his business. So I had to walk out there with him. So we were thinking of going to see fireworks tonight. As we record this, by the way, people, it's Saturday, July the 3rd. So we were thinking, all right, well, let's go out and see some fireworks tonight because Laura, that's that's her shit. She loves watching that stuff. And and she was like, no, that's going to scare Chewy too bad. So as he gets older, he's getting more and more like jumpy. So we'll probably stay home tonight and watch exactly that. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. It was totally a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's your international show? International show. International show. This one is called Reply 1988. A lot uh, of years in your shit. uh, Yeah, currently. (laughs) Um, You can find this on both Netflix and uh, the Viki uh, streaming service it came out in 2015 like the season of 2015 through 2016 and it's about five families that live in the same block of a neighborhood in seoul south korea during huh, 1988 go figure huh. yeah it highlights pop culture and news that happened during that year like 1988 is when seoul hosted the summer olympics and the female lead Sung Doc Sun, she becomes a picket holder for one of the countries during that opening ceremony. Like she holds the sign of whatever country is they're all coming in, in the opening ceremony. Mm. And it is a it is a really fun show. It's this slice of life story during like showing you regular families, not nobody that's rich and powerful. It's just regular people living their regular lives and this neighborhood. This one little block radius neighborhood of this of the city and it it follows these five friends who are in their senior year of high school it's four boys and a girl and they all grew up together since little tiny kids they've been friends the whole time Uh, three of the boys go to the boys high school one of the kids he dropped out of school in middle school to become a professional Go player, the game Go, which is, if you don't know what Go is, it's like little stones on a board. It's very much like chess and the world of professional Go, or uh, it's very much, again, like, like the professional world of chess, except these kids will drop out of school to attend the Go Academy to learn more of the strategy and get become a better professional player. So his friends are all, they're all rooting for him and going to his house and hanging out with him because when you win a go tournament, you get a whole lot of cash. Just like, just like in Queen's Gambit, you earn money by winning the game. Yeah. 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 Gaming. Oh my God. And this is even back in 1988 when this is going on. And then our girl, she obviously goes to the girls' school. Um, and you know each family in this block they none of them are rich like goofy wealthy they're all some of them are really struggling to to stay together and so you see not just the kids but you also see the parents and how the parents their relationships are and how the moms get together and they're really good friends 
and how mom and dad just really want to be appreciated and mom's struggling with being the one that keeps the house running and everybody doing everything for everyone because they just can't do it themselves like normal moms do. And then dad just wants people to to like him on some of the families. And other dads are like, I'm the ruler of the house kind of a thing. And you do as I say. And our female lead, she has the same relationship with her older sister that I had with my older sister. So that's very relatable. And I'm thinking, now Netflix is, does this thing where it'll blur out stuff. And this show clearly shows a lot of pop culture references of posters and even like characters on the sheets of their bed and scenes on the TV from the news and they're blurred out. Mm. And I, it's definitely got to be like a copyright licensing thing to where they can't show these images worldwide for whatever reason. But that becomes incredibly distracting, especially when the one kid, he's laying in his bed because he messed up his leg. He's got a cast on his leg. And the sheets are clearly like, I don't know, some kind of character from Korea. Imagine imagine watching a show and the kid's laying in his Star Wars sheets. But a lot of right, the stuff right. is blurred out all around him. You see these blurry patches all around him. Because they're blurring out, like, the character or the name Star Wars or whatever. That is what you see in this. Or imagine you're watching a show and they all look at the TV and they're talking about whatever the show is, but the TV is just a blurry screen. Boo. Yeah, that's really kind of annoying. And I wish Netflix would have found a way to get around that so you could actually see what they're referencing. But they don't. Yeah, that's... (laughs) And it's, yeah. it's really kind of annoying. And I thought, oh, maybe Vicky, because they also have the show, maybe they don't blur things. Well, no, they are blurring the same exact stuff. Boo. Boo. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like even though I probably don't know these pop culture references they've got, aside from a couple of American movie posters that weren't blurred out, I w- it would just help me get a better feel of how the eighties were and what influenced their dress and their hair in the eighties. If I could see these things, mm. I feel like that would have helped a bit more to of the immersion of 1988, but you yeah. see the Olympics and we all remember the Olympics in Seoul and we know how the Olympics are, you know, the girl with her sign and how she got to be part of that whole thing and be on TV and the parents are proud. But y'all, yeah, yes, and you see how mom and dad are so proud of their kids, whether they're attending college and just being super smart and not doing those things that rich people have to pay to do, like hiring tutors and stuff to get their kid into college. Like the parents are so proud that their oldest daughter, she's smart enough that she just got in to the biggest, most prestigious university in in Korea or in South Korea. It just, it's a really cool show showing a a really deep dive into life in Korea in 88. And I really like it. There's a series of these reply shows with different years. So I don't know if this is the first one, but 1988 really attracted me because I was the same age as these kids in 1988, senior in high school. The year we met. Yes. Yes. First week Columbia College, yo. Oh my gosh. Yes. When I had the worst hacking cough and everybody knew me from my cough. (laughs) (laughs) 
imagine imagine a bronchial cough oh, a smoker's cough almost but without somebody smoking. not even not even that's a drier you you just had this coming from your soul oh my god yes it came from my toes all the way up every time i coughed yeah. and that has been my cough my entire life mm-hmm. welcome to friendship patty all right yeah <laughs> so that is my international show reply 1988 you can watch it on netflix and i highly recommend you do because it's a really good show all right interstitial news music all right so thanks to dave again hey shout out oh my gosh dave our our roving newscaster i i swear to god who doesn't cast our news he doesn't what (laughs) he doesn't like read it he doesn't cast it he just shares it with you yes he does yeah and he's and he's awesome at it because he sends me all these things and i'm not on twitter so a lot of a lot of times I can't read the things that he sends me for some reason, but there's enough that I can. I, I don't know. You know what? Technology. Oh, um, whatever. Moving on. So, <laughs> so he sent me a few things this week of note. Okay. So if you're like me and really, 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 really into the Marvel movies and the Marvel TV shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Patty yawned and she's because she's still thinking about Zardoz. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They changed the post credit scene to WandaVision. Oh. I wonder why. They they modified it. Mm -hmm. So using uh, special effects, they modified the post credit scene. So the internet is all a buzz as to why and how that fits into Dr. Strange and, mm. and all of that other sort of stuff. So if you log on to Disney plus now and, and they do a side by side comparison of these changes, they are to the casual eye, to the non geek, to Laura, you know, she would not see the difference in what she saw originally and what what she would see now, but to all the fanboys out there and girls and and non gender specific people who also enjoy this, you would see subtle differences that may offer clues as to more Marvel shit coming down the road. So you're saying people need to Google this new difference to watch it side by side. Yes, mm-hmm. if you care to watch it, because it's actually. Fairly fascinating. I totally will. Kevin Feige doesn't do anything without reason. Yeah. So basically, Mm -hmm. I think they did this for a reason. We just don't know what that reason is yet. Mm -hmm. All right. So then Ron Perlman, the the actor who has been around since Catherine, since he played (laughs) Beast on the old 80s TV show Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like a romance novel every fucking week on CBS. (laughs) Has been cast as the voice of Optimus Primal in Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Oh. Yeah. Uh, It looks like this new Star Wars show called Acolyte is going to be on the little bit of the, no pun intended, the darker side. Mm Mm-hmm. And heavily influenced by the Phantom Menace is what it says. Oh. I always, you know what? I always thought that the Phantom Menace, I always thought that Darth Maul was the coolest shit. 
and they killed him off way too soon. Oh my gosh, seriously, yeah. He should have been the Darth Vader of that entire thing, but I agree. uh, This is a series or a movie? It's a series. Okay. It's a new series that's going to be happening. Live action or animated? Live action, it looks like. All right. All right. Uh, Black Widow, Uh the movie, got 84% on the Rotten Tomato meter. Oh. How is that? Is it opened already? No, it it opens this coming week. Oh, okay. So people who saw a preview got it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So let's look up to see if that's changed. Uh, Black Widow, Rotten Tomatoes, 83%. All right. So it's still holding tough. Hmm. So pretty good. So the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League is actually going to be released in 4K on Blu-ray, which is amazing. Uh, But it's also coming out in a box set, uh, the Justice League Trilogy uh, in 4K is available on Amazon Prime now, actually for fairly cheaply. It's 85 bucks. Hmm. I I already own the other two digitally, so I'm just going to buy Zack Snyder's Justice League digitally. Okay. Uh, the new Don Cheadle movie directed by Steven Soderbergh called No Sudden Move sits higher, actually, than Black Widow. It's 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not a Marvel thing, though, right? No, that is not. That looks like a little qu- uh, crime noir okay. kind of thing. The last thing, which is actually pretty disappointing news, HBO is passing on season two of Lovecraft Country. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's sad. And And... They're, they're, the creator had everything all mapped out for a season two. Clearly, yeah. A- and and HBO passed on it. Hmm. So Lovecraft Country was amazing. If, if you want to watch something, go onto your HBO Max and watch Lovecraft Country because it's really, really good. Hmm. But yeah, no season two of Lovecraft Country. Well, that's a bummer. That's all I've got for news. I have no news whatsoever. Shadows is pleased. <laughs> when you, <laughs> folks, when the movie starts out where the Zardoz character says, guns are good, the penis is evil. <laughs> oh I God. kid you not. That is a line in the movie. Wow. And I actually had to rewind it to make sure that I heard exactly what I heard, and I heard it correctly. The gun is good. The penis is evil. Yeah. Please, do yourself a fucking favor. Rent this shitty movie for four bucks and laugh your ass off at what the past thought the future was going to look like <laughs> yeah. in an awfully presented way. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Any hoosie. So that's all I got this week, and that's all you got this week, yeah. and pretty good week. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. So, everybody, please click on that Contact Us button when you log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Let us know what you think of... Zardoz, if you dare to rent it. <laughs> and also engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. Also let us know what you think of Zardoz or anything else that we have talked about on this show. And make sure you click on that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. So 
Thank you. Thank All you. Right. All right. No, thank you. <laughs> Are you really going to thank me for Zardoz? Really? Fuck no. <laughs> God, why did you make me watch that piece of shit? <laughs> Fucking memes. Oh. Anyway, but but I will give you this. It gave us fodder for 20 minutes on this podcast. It sure did. <laughs> so now we might have to throw down the gauntlet and find other, you know, memed, meme-themed movies or to just, watch. Yeah, yeah. That are, that are bad. Mm. And it's not bad because it's old. It's but bad in because part, it's it, bad. <laughs> it, it's bad because it's bad, but in part it's crippled because... It's old, mm. and I and again I contend it was before its time, so it couldn't effectively do certain things correctly. I know, Yobi. I'm coming. Ba- I'm sorry. Uh, we must wrap up our podcast now because my older dog is is whining at me. <laughs> awesome. Every everybody, you have yourself a good week, and we will talk to you soon. The gun is good. The gun is good. The penis. Is evil. The penis shoots seeds. Okay, bye. bye.